Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. My guest today is Conrad Klein, preacher at Back Bay Church of Christ in Back Bay, New Brunswick, Canada. Now, Conrad, we met when I was holding a meeting at the Latite Church of Christ just a few kilometers from Back Bay back in 2010. And then I had the privilege of holding two revivals at Back Bay, which quite honestly were two of the best attended revivals I've done in Canada. Uh, having spent this time with you, I know some of your backstory about your Christian life, but now I'm ready to hear some more. So, Brother Conrad, tell us your story. All right. Well, Tom, it's wonderful to have you get a hold of me and talk. But I've got to start out and just say, do you realize you talk with an accent? <laughs> get out. <laughs> well, so do I. <laughs> and uh, actually, here on Deer Island, New Brunswick, we have an accent. And this isn't to do with the preacher, but so people understand. I understand that some of the colloquial expressions that I use are much like those that come from Norfolk, Virginia. And probably the loyalists who are loyal to the British crown from years ago got booted out of, I don't know, Virginia, West Virginia. I know there's a lot of clients around some of those areas. And uh, they found their way up here many years ago, uh, uh. along with several thousands others after the Great Revolution. Well, anyway, some of the words you hear me speak were going to be different than maybe what you're used to. and uh, But uh, I want to thank Tom again for letting me have this time and inviting me to share with you because our life, and I say our life, I'm including my wife, Anna and I, our life is uh, deeply committed to the service of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now with that, I'm not saying we're perfect people or, or the, the best things that ever since spilled milk, but, <laughs> but we, we believe our life should be centered in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's what made our marriage last for 41 years so far. And uh, very pleased with it. But okay, I'm going to go back and give you some beginning here. All right. I was born, I was born in St. Stephen, New Brunswick. Now, a lot of people on Deer Island, and Deer Island is just off of the most easterly point of land in the United States or the Northeast in the United States of America. We're just across from Eastport, Maine. And if you go up to Deer Island Point on the southern end of our island, if you was a good rock thrower, you could almost throw a rock halfway to Eastport. <laughs> and uh, But Beautiful a lot place. of people in the days when we traveled around in boats and whatnot, they were born in Eastport because that was the closest hospital and uh, nowadays uh, uh, the association that we once had with the American side as far as commerce goes and with the fishing industry and everything that's pretty much gone to the wayside a thing of the past and now hmm. most of our well all of our commerce and everything is pretty well involved as far as the local fishing industry goes here in the New Brunswick side but anyway, I was born in 1946 at St. Stephen, New Brunswick. That's where my mother went to have me. Well, after I'd graduated from Johnson Bible College, after high school, went down there many years ago, my mother, when I started going to the ministry, she said, you know, she, I saw both she and my father become a Christian. I was a young young person. I remember seeing them baptized and uh, down here in the ocean. And uh, she told me some years later, after I had become ordained as a minister, she said, you know, before I was a Christian and you were being born, I had this premonition that you were going to be a minister. And how she knew she was going to have a, a boy child at that time, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. she thought in her mind that she had this thought that I would be a minister. Well, it, it came true. Well, so let me, let me back, back, let me back days, you up there. Then, yes. Did, did you you become a you became a Christian first, and then your parents? Yes. So okay. No, 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 no. I didn't become a Christian first. I saw them become a Christian. Oh. I saw the change come in my father's language and mannerisms, and both he and my mother. I witnessed them being baptized when I was a young person. I committed my life to the Lord when I was fourteen years old because I remember laying in bed thinking, if I die. 
what's going to happen to me? And uh, and uh, and I used to go to young people's meetings and stuff. In those days, our village had a lot of young people in it. And Earl Ohl was a minister who had been a graduate of Johnson Bible College, came originally from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? Yeah. And um, he, we... Uh, he he was preaching here, and I remember going out through the the door of the church one evening, and probably a little bit rowdy or whatnot. And him saying to me, "Conrad, your life is worth two cents," <laughs> and I thought, you know, maybe he's right. And wow. I thought about that as I would sleep, go to sleep at night, and it really bothered me. I said, you know, what will happen to me if I die? And I said, I I haven't I haven't given my life to the Lord. And at the age of fourteen, I did do that. Now, what, what church? Life. I, what church was that? You, that? It was on Deer Island, that, correct? That was the yes. That was the, there's the Leonardville Church of Christ on Deer Island, which is my home church where I grew up. And there's the Lord's Cove Church of Christ, and there are also two uh, Baptist churches here on the island. Okay. And uh, so uh, that that that's it. And and uh, but I I gave my life to the Lord, came forward, let go of the back pew and took that first step. And yeah. the Lord let me uh, commit myself to him, walk forward and made my confession of faith. And, and that same day, along with other, some others, uh, we went down to, of all things, the bar. And the bar here is where the water recedes off of a, a, like a walkway. And we have the highest rise and fall of, of the tides in the world. And the, so there's a, a bar that goes across to an island. You know, you can walk across uh, on the ocean floor when the tide recedes. Right. And in six hours, six hours it comes up, another six hours it goes down. But anyway, in that area where you go over to Bar Island, I was baptized along with uh, some other young people I remember that day. And I think it was back in the month of May. And uh, and again, I was 14 years old. The water was cold. Ordinarily, if I'd have got my feet wet somewhere, so I'd probably had a really good cold. And I have never heard tell of anyone so much as getting a cold after being baptized in, in the cold water <laughs> of the Bay of Fundy. <laughs> but anyway, that began my journey. But needless to say, as a young person, I still had a lot of growing up to do as a human being and as a Christian. And uh, after graduating from high school, by the grace of God, I uh, made a commitment at a, the Christian camp on Deer Island, Bayview Christian Camp. And uh, and I came forward there and dedicated my life, say, what of the Lord wants me to do? Well, I knew, I, I knew that at home, in our home church, that I was doing church, but I needed to be being more committed to my service of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So there was a, a fellow on Deer Island, uh, Wayne Lambert, who now preaches down in Tennessee, and he, he's older than I am, and uh, about to retire, but uh, we're both still trudging along in the ministry. But anyway, he'd already been going to Johnson for a year, and Earl Ohl decided, my father decided, I'm, he's going to take a vacation. My father had been in the fishing industry and a captain from the time he was 14 years old wow. because his father had cancer. And so he had to take over the operation of, of the vessel, the boat, sardine carrier. And uh, so anyway, this was the first time uh, when I decided that I was going to go to Johnson Bible College in 1964. This is the first time my father ever had a vacation or took time away in the summer from the fishing industry. And he and my mother and uh, I, and Wayne Lambert, Earl Ohl, his wife and children, they went back, we went in Tennessee in two different automobiles and Wayne and I went back to Johnson Bible College. I think we even roomed together that year. And uh, I spent two years at Johnson at first. And uh, when I went there, uh, you had opportunity to get up and preach, you know, on Sunday nights, every, every night, They'd have chapel service, but on 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 Sunday night, you know, any newcomers or anybody that wanted to preach, they could get up and preach. Well, oh. I can remember, I don't know if it was for the first year or the second year, I thought, well, I'll get up and preach, and and I and uh, I preached my heart out. I think I went from Genesis through Revelation that night, <laughs> but a large part of the student body come forward, and when they did, I said. 
what am I going to do? <laughs> and and uh, but I I meant what I was preaching about, but I wasn't prepared to have people come forward like they did. And so I just had everybody make, you know, it, it was more. I think I think a lot of them were there for the same reason as me. We wanted to be committed. Right. to the service of the Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ. Not just being what I'd call a menial Christian, not just doing church, but being the church right. alive and and um, having deeper meaning in your own life and, and how you related to other people. Right. So anyway, I, I did, and uh, I was there for two years, but I really wasn't a whole... I, what you call a, a real uh, student. Uh, I, I, I uh, in high school, I got by, but as I'd say, by the grace of God and probably the principal, some were teachers, because I would, would be more interested in drawing boats than I would be studying. <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, I, I went there for two years, and then after that two years, you, you would graduate after you had so many quality points. And I thought I owed more quality points than I'd gained. So <laughs> I stayed out for a year. And I felt that year just like Jonah. I uh, thought, you know, I, I said, what is wrong? And because I'd convinced myself when I went to college, I can go there. But I said, I'll just never graduate. You know, just too much for me. And I, and, and, and I had allowed old Satan to convince me and defeat me. You know, and I put limitations on myself, which that's... That, we're not limited to anything. I, it took me a long while to learn, and, and, and not just words. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, I stayed out of college. I, I went for two years, then stayed out a year. Then I went back to college, and, and uh, I stayed home, worked in the fishing industry, and, and really realized, I said, Lord, you know, I want to go back to school. I want to go there and, and do well and graduate. I says, if you will just make a way, I said, I can't put this burden. You know, my parents had, had seen me through college for two years that sacrificed to their own other children and everything else. I said, Lord, if you'll make a way. And two, two weeks before it was time to go back to college, I had earned more money than I had earned all year in the fishing wow. industry. And God made a way for me to go back to college and I made that commitment and he kept his part of the bargain and I began keeping my part. And uh, then after four years, the year I should have been graduating, I went back and started over as a freshman and did well every year, finally graduated. And I remember uh, talking to Dean Black after graduation. I said, Dean, uh, I, I says, you know, uh, I really don't feel like I know much of anything. He said, Conrad, you've really learned something. <laughs> so uh, the whole idea is uh, your life is a learning experience. Yes. And and all you in, in college just prepares you uh, to to put to use what you have learned and, 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 and grow. And what I find that a lot of people that found it easy to memorize uh, maybe got out in what I would call the real world with all of its problems, and they hadn't had the background to deal with it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and some of the best preachers I ever saw have been some of the most ornery fellows you might ever want to meet as they were growing up. And uh, But God used that. I mean, after all, look at the Apostle Paul. He, yes. he did everything up to murder, and uh, and God used him. And uh, so even when we look at ourselves and feel that, you know, we don't, I don't have what it takes. It isn't what we have is what God gives us. And he gives us every kind of gift and we can accomplish a great deal. So I, as I was going to college, my junior and senior years, that final years, I, I was intern ministering uh, in Harriman, Tennessee with Lyle Talbot and uh, at the church there. And that was the one of the churches where uh, R. M. Bell, who used to be the president of Johnson, when I first went there, that's when uh, Mr. Bell uh, preached there and they had huge crowds and everything. So to me, it was a great privilege to be able to share there. And, uh, and finally, after I graduated from college, they also ordained me at Harriman Christian Church into the ministry. And uh, I went out to the National Missionary Convention 
in uh, Portland, Oregon, I think it was that year. It was held in Knoxville one year, but uh, uh, and I was in the big combined choir and everything there because I love to sing, and that's one of the gifts that God gave me to in singing. And and uh, I was sent out by the church. I think I went out to that and uh, met missionaries from overseas. But while I was also going to college, I think it was 64 or whatnot, then that's when I heard about the Morris missionaries over in Thailand and uh, and the work that they had done among Salisu people in China, the, the original Mr. Morris, and then the grandmother praying for all of her family and that they would all come and be missionaries. And they did. They were. Right. And so the Morrises had a great ministry there. Well, I'd heard about them, how they escaped and went into the jungle and for years were were hiding in the jungle and they had a book called Exodus to a Hidden Valley. Well, anyway, I'm going to, if I can remember it, I'm going to get to some I'll say the, some more of that story. But anyway, I heard about them and and uh, that's when I really be, was praying for them and many others and became really interested in, in the missions. So after graduating from college, I decided that, you know, the Lord was leading me to go and minister with Richard Wright, who was ministering in a small congregation that met in a schoolhouse in our national capital at Ottawa. And so there and worked with him. And uh, after a couple of years, I think he and his family had moved back to the States and, and I carried on as best I could. And, and uh, while in Ottawa, I <clears throat> befriended uh, members of parliament that be the same as your what house of representatives. Is that what you call? And, yeah. uh, and uh, so I was asked to come and speak to a at a prayer breakfast at the House of Commons while I was living in Ottawa, and there members from both the House and the Senate uh, met, and uh, from all part, different political parties, and I got to preach to them one day, and later I was invited to the Governor General's, uh, and that's that's the Queen's representative in Canada, and I was invited there to the big garden party that they have yearly, so right. I wound up. They're taking pictures and everything, and uh, and uh, the RCMP come up to me and I'm wondering why I was taking pictures since I was the only one there with a camera amongst hundreds, <laughs> and uh, you know the, the press. And uh, I said, well, I don't expect to be back again, and I'd like to get some pictures. Willie really understood, so I took my pictures and had some great, great shots. But if for those <clears throat> three years in Ottawa, we saw several people coming to the Lord and Savior. And, and we did use the Jules Miller film strip series a lot. Oh, there. I've used That's those many Texas. times. Yes. Yeah, and, and we used those. And you used to have the little projectors, you know, go beep, and you'd have to <laughs> advance it one. Of course, now everything's on, you know, what is it, DVDs well, or whatever. Well, I, and, I, uh, you can but, actually get them on a flash drive now. Yes, yes. And, uh, but anyway, I, I spent, three years and while i was there i was getting some support from churches in the u.s and uh, a few and uh, and i uh, took up flying lessons and became a pilot with a nice night endorsement and i also uh, drove a school bus for richmond bus lines which helped me make different contacts there and whatnot but uh that was a great experience and while in ottawa i also got to travel around canada and the united states that was sort of like a home base but i was spoke in various uh colleges and several churches in canada and the united states i was i i called myself like a christian ambassador being seems how i was from the national capital so i stayed there for three years and uh, and then finally i moved back home and my father needed help in the fishing industry and uh, and I, uh, I went home and helped him. And uh, then one day I heard we had a, it was a summer where it was extremely foggy here in this area. And uh, I heard that the captains on the Deer Island ferries between Deer Island and the, our mainland, the, you know, the rest of the province of New Brunswick, was about a 20 minute ferry ride. And I heard that they needed captains on the ferry. So one day I, I got off of the boat and went and asked them if they needed help, and they said, sure. So in, I think it was in three days, uh, I, I was allowed to take the ferry and be a captain uh, really? myself. You know, we had an engineer and with the telegraph system where you, jing, jing, you know, give me full ahead, full turn, whatever. And uh, 
but I, I did that. And after I worked there for a couple of years and was still, you know, involved with the home church and everything, I was invited to come and be the minister with the Doug, with the uh, Garnet Settlement and the Widjewalk Christian churches, which is up in the St. John area to the, to the uh, sort of northeast of St. John. Right. Uh, Garnet Settlement was close to the airport and the Widjewalk was about a 20, 30 minute drive away. Wonder I hadn't lost my license in those days, trying to go through the, to those two congregations on a Sunday, because sometimes I think I broke the law oh. <laughs> a little fast. And so you uh, served both those churches. Truth you served both those churches Pardon? together. I served both of them like we'd have. I, I tried to space it, you know, half hour between the morning services, but finally we came and and I had like. Garnet maybe in the morning and then the widow walk in the afternoon instead of trying to you know, go like a raving maniac to, to, to make to get there. Well, and, were uh, you still were you still uh, serving as captain of a ferry during that time? Not no. I left I left the ferries at that time when I was asked to come become a full time minister. And I took up that position with relative fear and intrepidation because I was still single and uh, and and I probably didn't want to be, and I'd gone through uh, various romances in my life. And so, uh, as I said, when I think one of my sermons here recently, you know, I, I was not meant to be a single man. <laughs> you can read into that what you, what you want to, but that's the way it is. But anyway, I was there as a single man, and in fear and intrepidation, I took up on the uh, challenge of being their minister. And I thought, now I am the one that's uh, to be helping to lead the congregations. And I say helping to lead because I believe that a minister is actually a paid elder. is the way I look at it, that you, you're not just the, the big cheese of the whole operation. It's no. everybody's involved. Every person in the pew, God's given a gift to, and he expects every one of us to minister, to help out build one another. Yes. And so I always considered myself not as the, the the chief honcho, but but one of the gang. And uh, and if you've got people that are willing and have a mind to work, like it said in the Old Testament, then things go pretty well. Well, it finally came to the place where both of those uh, churches were able to support their own minister for a while, and and uh, and so I'd finally after think three years, I resigned, became a social animator, and. Um, and did professional photography. I did a lot of photography for the province of New Brunswick from the air and on the ground. And somebody said, well, would you fly in the plane when you did that? I said, yeah, I found it far easier to do that than try to explain somebody the position I wanted the plane to be in. <laughs> That's confession. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I did that, and uh, we held the Maritime Christian Fellowship, which is the, the the churches around New Brunswick, PEI, Nova Scotia. I know there's 30, I think 20-odd or 30-odd churches. And so we they came together, and Wijewalk and Garnet Settlement put on the Maritime Christian Fellowship one summer while we were there. And during that time, I had the opportunity to take a lot of people up flying that had never been in an airplane before. And uh, so I used that. And then during this time, uh, somewhere as long as or before, Bobby Morris happened to come to visit the Maritime Churches and represent North Burma Christian Mission. And uh, I had heard about them earlier and been praying for them for years. And uh, while he was here, I flew, I got to fly him over to Nova Scotia rather than have to take ferries or, or try to borrow somebody's car and drive a boat. So I flew him across the Bay of Fundy over to uh, Digby, Nova Scotia area and uh, landed there there somebody's private field and let him off but we began an association and we found at that time that bobby's voice and mine we harmonized really good together so we would sing together and finally wound up uh, i think it was that year uh where he went back down the states and uh, and i rose uh, i was able to uh, the, the Lord provided the funding where we could go down there and do a long playing album, Christian album, in support of the tribal children's hostel in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And so, man, that's been I'm 50 years ago now. I don't know what it's been a long time ago. And uh, we did this long playing album. And I 
forget now. I don't know. I think it was around, we uh, distributed around 5,000 albums or something like that in the, the wow. back in those years. And they were given to people who supported, you know, the, 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 the hostel and, uh, and tried to raise funds through the, through the sale of them as well. And, uh, so we did that. And, uh, so later after I had resigned with the two churches and they had their own minister, each one of them for time, I, uh, I uh, was a social animator where you helped the chronically unemployed. And, uh, and I did that for a while. And finally I, uh, I, um, let's see. I, yeah, I'm trying to get my thoughts together here, but then after a while I was thinking, well, Lord, what am I doing? What, what do you want of this life? And how can I use the talents? I had become a professional photographer. I could fly planes. I could preach. I could sing. I, he'd give me different talents. Uh, when I started out earlier thinking, well, you know, I can't do this and this. Well, I found out I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. And uh, as I've told others, you might not do something as good as somebody else, but you will do it if you put your mind to it as good as the ability that God will put within you to do it. So don't be afraid to try. And uh, so I found out that I could do a lot of different things and a lot of success, if you want to look at it in a worldly perspective, actually came because I trusted that the Lord could use me. But having said that, and after I'd resigned from the churches and just wondering, you know, where am I going? What am I going? What am I going to do? Where am I going with my life? Uh, I, I just really felt led by God. And, and there's something happened to me one night because I, I, for a time, I was renting uh, the lower part of a brand new uh, house that had been built. Nobody was upstairs and I was renting the lower part, sort of like a caretaker. But one night I just heard a voice that I, I, Think whatever you want to think, but my hair stood up on top of, of my head. Of course, I'm bald now, so I won't do it anymore. But <laughs> but I remember it so clearly, like Conrad, and I just it just I mean, I said you know what you know what is it, Lord? I I belong to I belong to the Lord. It scared me, and 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 then I began to think you know well what well what does God want me to do? And then then I said well you know I I can do photography and stuff. I could go to Thailand, and uh, and if I could raise the money to go to try, you know, if it could be raised, I'd go to Thailand and do photography and encourage the 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 people over there. Well, I found at that time that the missionaries did need encouragement, and and by I asked different churches here in the Maritimes if I could come and speak, sort of like Con Conrad Klein to Thailand, and I'd raise and uh, you know the Lord had made it possible for me to raise enough money to buy the ticket from toronto to uh to bangkok and back but i never had the money to get from here in new brunswick to toronto <laughs> yeah. and uh, and so it was it was within just a few days of when i was scheduled to go and i said well lord you, you you're gonna have to raise the fund somehow and uh and so i i uh went up to a little church here in new brunswick uh and uh I was speaking, and they said, well, yeah, this is going to be Conrad Klein to Thailand month, and I forget what I needed. It was quite a bit of money, and they said, well, we, we're going to contribute like $200 or $150. I said, well, that ain't going to do it, and the treasurer said, Conrad, I want you to come to uh, uh, our house so I can write you out a check, you know, from the church, and I did. And when he's handed me the, church, the check, he said, Conrad, uh, we've always, my wife and I have always wanted to help with the Tribal Children's Hostel and, and over there. And so he said, we want to send you to Thailand. So he handed me a check for $1,000, I think it was. Wow. And, uh, and that paid for the ticket to Toronto and back and, uh, and for me to spend some time over there in Thailand. So I went there for three months. The most wonderful time uh, I'd spent, and, you know, the Lord was just putting everything together. All these things that I'd learned, he, he was going to use in one way or another. And when we think we can't be used, he's preparing us to be used. Yes. And, uh, and uh, so anyway, I went over there for three months. And while I was there, you know, and before I went, of course, I'd had, like I said, I was single and, 
had different girlfriends and everything, but Anna, who I'm now married to for 41 years, I thought, you know, this girl, it's just something about her. I'd had a lot of wonderful girlfriends, but I said, there's just something about her that God had me at peace. And I said, and so from Thailand, I sent her a telegram and I said, miss you, love you, marry me sometime after May. And she got the telegram and, the, and and it came in those days when you could get telegrams and apparently it came through Halifax, Nova Scotia. And the woman there stayed after hours trying to find Anna to del- to send this message. And she, she, had to, she had to call and she found out that she called the home number where it was at, but Anna was working at the hospital and she called her at the hospital and quoted this, my, my telegram. Cause she said, I've got to let this girl know this. And so she did. <laughs> and Anna, I think it's dropped, dropped a water glass and everything else. And the nurse, she says, what, what happened? What's the message? And she said, he couldn't tell anybody at that moment. But anyway, long story short, she became my wife. We were married and uh, finally had two sons and i think she went through three miscarriages later in life because we never married until we was like in our early late third middle 30s and uh, so anyway god has been very good to us and after we were married and i worked in st john and she worked as a nurse there we finally moved back to deer island and i went back to work with my father, but he was getting out of the fishing industry and he'd started a charter business with the boat. And finally, after about a year or so, I took over the boat and changed the charter business to a tour business, a passenger business, where I started whale watching out of Deer Island, St. Andrews, New Brunswick, and Campobello Island in a big blue boat called the Kathy and Trevor. And that was my my brother's name i have a brother that's 21 years younger and uh, and a baby sister that died in infancy infancy so anyway i had that blue boat and i went to holland college on prince edward island received my shipmaster's papers and we started doing that uh and uh, that lasted for 18 years that business is now over with and gone part of history but we got to share some wonderful things around in this area with people and I used to entertain them on the boat and then we'd see whales and all sort of animals but in the meantime I was asked to come uh, while we had moved back to this area I was asked to come to fill in at the Back Bay Church of Christ and that's (laughs) been 20 some years ago I'm still filling in every Sunday but uh, since retiring as captain on the because I then went back to work on the ferries and became captain um, once again on them and and I worked for uh, several years you know in the off season and then full time after after I retired the boat from doing what we were doing I became full time captain again with the ferry service at Deer Island but in the meantime every Sunday as we would stop to fuel up the ferries for an hour I would uh, I would uh, have to dismiss myself with the approval of of the government we worked for the province of Brunswick and uh, while we were tied up to refuel and do things uh, I would go and preach at Back Bay Church and hold the Sunday services well <laughs> I have been doing the services for 20 years and you've been there you already in the mm-hmm. introduction said what you were doing so I'm still ministering and right now and I put my, the sermons online with uh, the back bay church of christ dot com and uh, and our that's that's our website but on facebook people have befriended i have it on a facebook site the back bay church of christ and uh, so I, I post all the sermons and i write them out and then i distribute there's still a small congregation but uh, and this is one thing i will say and have to apologize the lord knows but being involved uh, in sort of um, like a tent maker ministry, I guess you'd call it. They they do pay me a small salary, but but I am now retired and whatnot from ferry service and everything. But I hadn't been able to really call the way I'd like to have been able to call in the community of Back Bay and around the area. But I I, I had. I uh, have done a lot of singing. I uh, have been inducted into the 
uh, New Brunswick Gospel Music Hall of Fame because of the involvement with gospel music that I've had over the years, you know, singing mm-hmm. in different churches and everything from weddings to funerals to you name it. But sometimes, you know, we'll have concerts in different places and I'll join with many other singers, Christian singers. So, you know, I've had an, I've been blessed uh, to be yes. able to use the talents that God has placed at my disposal and he's done it. And I'd overcome that thing that said, I couldn't do this or that. And he said, yes, you can. If, if I make the way and he made the way and, and I'm still growing every day. And I think we need to, until the day he calls us home. Yes. Well, you know, I've learned some new things, but I knew that you were captain of the ferry boat. Uh, I knew you could sing because you've, I've heard you sing many times at revivals we've done in New Brunswick, but, um, I didn't know about, I guess, or it slipped my mind about being an airplane pilot um, and so many of these other things. And you've kept all of that up and you still, you still, Conrad, have the energy and enthusiasm that I wish a lot of our younger preachers had. (laughs) You've just... Well, thank you. But when you say that you have the energy, well, I never got into the medical stuff. (laughs) I also wound up along here having a heart attack, open heart surgery, quadruple bypass. Uh, I've had uh, uh, prostate uh, cancer. Uh, That that was operated. He said, what do you want me to do? Take it, take it out. So anyway, there's been all kinds of things. But Jesus said we are to be overcomers, yeah. And and that I placed things in His hand. And when you said that, I finally wound up when passing out at my son's one night. I actually passed out in the pulpit preaching. I said, "Folks, I just finished the sermon. Sat down. Said, folks, I've just run out of steam." And I sat down and passed out. They called the ambulance and everything. But then I found out, you know, yeah, yeah, you've you've had heart trouble, and uh, and I ultimately wound up with uh, a pacemaker and then they finally replaced that pacemaker with a new one that also includes a defibrillator so i had 20 percent heart function and uh, our cardiologist was one of the top ones in canada and thank god every time we had to go to the hospital god's always had the top surgeons or somebody that took care of me that's in the lord's hands because i could have never arranged it but anyway I wound up and the doctor put me on a new medication and everybody was praying for me. And I went from 20% heart function to 35, which is super. You usually don't do that, I guess, you know? And, uh, and so now I'm, I'm, I, I, I can go and do, but I'm, I'm not a teenager anymore. (laughs) And at 76, I suppose that's justifiable. (laughs) Well, you still seem like you're going strong, and uh, I, I mentioned in the introduction that our largest attendance of revivals, I said one of some of the largest, and I, I think I can go and say the largest, were uh, at least uh, as, as far as how they fit into a church, but were at Back Bay, yeah. because you got yeah. out, you got folks from all the other churches, from the denominational churches and everywhere, and That's Back right. Bay, though you're a small congregation, you have a a, a large auditorium, and I remember that uh, there were nights. Well, actually, I, I think every night I could not sit down. I had to stand in the foyer until it was time to preach. There was no place for me to sit because yeah, yeah, the pews were taken the, yeah, all the way to the front. Pictures of that on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, sure but that's did. not a, that. But some people will think, well, that's well, look at that. Well, the big congregation. No, we're a small congregation, but in the Restoration Movement, as a Christian churches, Churches of Christ, we were supposed to be calling people into fellowship. And so I never, I, I, I went out to the to the church next door. They've invited me to preach in the Pentecostal church and stuff because instead of trying to be like we're right and you're wrong, this whole concept, it says everybody is right about something. And, and I says, and, and so I, through the love of Christ, have tried to reach out to every individual that is in various churches 
and 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 be the representative Christ that we're supposed to be, calling people to be one in Christ. Do not. I've never compromised from the Christian doctrines in the Bible. I no, said, I'm I know not, you have. If I offend, yeah. I said, I said, if I happen to offend your theology, I said, here, here's what Jesus said. Does your theology agree with Him? Yeah. Or do, or you know, and so uh, this is the stand that that I've always taken and I've loved people and, uh, and, uh, and they, I think in turn, have wound up loving me and we have a mutual love because of Jesus. But I, like you said, and when we would hold those meetings, like when you came to have the revivals, there was people from the Baptist churches, uh, and there was people from the Pentecostal churches and other, around the whole area. And we're sort of like the Bible Belt here in, in Charlotte County of New Brunswick and in the Maritimes. Uh, we, 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 people, people want to place Christ first in their life. And right. yep. uh, yeah, not to say that other things aren't involved, because they are. But anyway, but I, I, I hope that this has been uh, 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 of benefit to those that, that listen and hear. And, and, and this is the, the main point that I had to learn is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might to his honor and glory, because he's the one that gives us the gifts. And it, it's, it's not about us. And it's not about, well, we limit ourselves. We put binders on ourselves. And if we'll just let go and let God, my goodness, he can take you to Thailand, Burma, you know, over there. I visited the, the Christians in Burma that I read about in the book from Exodus to the Hidden Valley. That's a great and book. my goodness, I felt like I stepped right into the first century church when I met them. It was the most wonderful time in my life. And uh, well, that's what we need to, we need to, uh, respond to the lord and, and just let him what's that song go you know let him have his way with you yeah. <laughs> so his power can make you what you ought to be and, and our power will just diminish us and just defeat us and we listen and we wind up listening to the enemy rather than to the lord well, Brother Conrad, so anyway i have been blessed i have god's given me a wonderful wife i probably be, could have had i probably could there, there's various lovely ladies in my life as i was still single but but anna wound up being the wife for me and has supported me in through disappointments and hard times and wonderful times and well, she, she is, is she is certainly a very sweet fine, sweet, fine Christian lady that Beth yeah, and I both is. enjoy being around. And I uh, yeah. just look forward to the times that we've had to be with you and to be in your home. Uh, we, you're, now, you've got to tell the folks about what you can see from your house when you look out, because it's a beautiful well, place there on the island. And what can you yeah. see from, from your window? From my window... I look, I'm about, let's see, about 500 feet from the water, and it's Leonardville Harbor, and the harbor is created from a man-made stone breakwater out in front to protect us. Three miles offshore, straight offshore, is uh, one of the uh, Tourism New Brunswick highlights. It's the lighthouse on Campobello Island, which has a red cross painted on it, which is the center of the British flag, right? So that's on Campobello Island, and Campobello Island was where President Roosevelt used to come for the summers before he became president of the United States here in Canada. And um, and uh, I, I, it's, there's beautiful islands out in front of me. The tide rises and fall here. Uh, up to a maximum of uh, 28, 29 feet at the head of the Bay of Fundy, about 150 miles away are the highest rise and fall of the tides in the world. They can get up close to 55, maybe 60 feet uh, rise and fall of the tide. So uh, right in our area, it's any, it's probably generally anywhere from 20, 21 to 29 feet rise and fall of the tide according to the phases of the moon and the attractions of gravity and everything it changes how high or how low they go if the water goes extremely low it also comes back extremely high and when it does the largest tidal whirlpool in the western hemisphere is right here off of deer island point between us and, and eastport maine where the incoming 
tidal motion forms or forms a swirl you know a giant like a back eddy in a river and uh as it comes around the corner and but it's the it's the rising tide and um in a lot of places around here, you can go from just a few feet deep to all of a sudden you're looking and it's 400 or 500 feet deep. And, uh, but it, it's a, it's just a gorgeous place. We feel blessed. Deer Island at one time, uh, back in 17, 1800s, uh, this, what we call the parish of West Isles had around 1700 inhabitants. And now we're closer to like probably five or 600. And there are, I think, five or six villages on the island and we used to have several stores now there's two and <laughs> there's still only one post office there used to be post office in every village but it's beautiful it's, it's quaint and again we are exactly halfway between the equator and the north pole right on the 45th parallel it runs right through the middle of the island and uh so anyway, if you're looking on a map, easy to find that way. We're just off of Eastport, Maine, and we have Deer Island, and then to the west and northwest of us is past Maquoddy Bay. The tide has comes in around each end of Deer Island, and you have St. Andrews, New Brunswick there, and that's a tourist center, I think, and written up in, in on American television programs and everything. And then just outside of us uh, to the southern is Campobello Island. Now, Deer Island seven miles long, Campobello is nine miles long, and about 12 miles or seven miles, I guess, across from the back of Campobello, looking to the southeast, is Grand Manan Island in the entrance of the Bay of Fundy, and I think it's 18 miles long. So uh, it's a beautiful area, and uh, we have quite an interesting history. In fact, is we we are part of the early early history of Canada and and Eastport right across from us at one time many many years ago was the second largest seaport in the United States. Well, that certainly has changed around over the years. Yeah. Now now we're just more or less part of history, I guess. But this area has been blessed. We've known a peace and and a, and a, a law abiding uh, communities. That's not to say that you don't have your local yokels, because you do, <laughs> but uh, it has been a blessed place to live, the peace here that we have known and shared over the years has been unequal in anywhere as I've found in my travels on this earth, and I felt you feel really, really blessed to be here, and the reason for that is that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has been central in the minds of a lot of people and those people have held quite an influence and over the society through the years but i will say that is changing and yeah. uh, it's changing in canada and the united states but there's also some great great movements afoot that are bringing people back the young people especially is is getting them to think you know uh this world doesn't have that much to offer they, they tell you they do, but when it comes down to brass tacks, they have nothing to offer compared to the life, the joy, and the peace that Jesus has to offer. Mm. And uh, I'm, I'm so thankful to have been born in the place that I was born, so thankful that God has sent me around various parts of the world to be involved with mission programs. I've come to, to love and be loved by a lot of people. So what greater blessing could you have than that? He's given me a wonderful wife, wonderful family, uh, young men who both gave their life to Christ. I, 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 well, thank God. Praise God. He's treated well, me really well. well I'll tell you He's what, treated me a lot better than I treated him at times. <laughs> you have certainly described, uh, in my mind, Deer Island and the area where you live. We feel that peace where, whenever we come there. And have enjoyed it, though the last few years, uh, COVID and restrictions at the at the border have kept us, us and and the Stricklands from coming. We we have you scheduled, and uh, or we have, uh, I think all the provinces except I don't think we're going. We have anything scheduled at, on Prince Edward Island, but we do have them scheduled again in the future next year, I believe. And we're hoping things will ease up a bit where we can get over. Um, and we we have missed so much. 
being with all of you there and the wonderful spirit that you have and, and just the joy of sharing with you and enjoying your beautiful part of the country. Um, I hope that those who have listened today, if you've enjoyed listening to this Canadian and you would like to uh, maybe listen to a couple of other Canadians, all of these have had to be remote uh, podcasts because, uh, well, today I'm in South Georgia on my way to Tampa, Florida, and uh, we, we prefer to do this live and face-to-face, but sometimes this is our only way to do it, and I wanted to make sure I had time with Conrad. But if you'd like to hear a couple of other Canadians, uh, Gillis Mullen was on podcast number 110. Go back and look that up. He does new church work up in uh, Newfoundland. And uh, also, uh, Jason McVicker is podcast number 132. Uh, Jason was in uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick for 11 years, and uh, COVID caused some difficulties there that uh, just some sad difficulties. It never should have happened, but he left there, and he is now uh, at the time of the podcast, he was not preaching, but now he's up in Prince Edward Island, a PEI. And uh, I, that was a very good one that every church uh, uh, leader should listen to. Again, these are podcast number 110 and 132. We hope you listen to them. And Conrad, I'd like to thank you for being on with us today. I, you, you know, your your story, I've learned so much more about you than what I I thought I knew an awful lot, but I didn't know hardly anything. So, uh, well, I I appreciate it. When you talk about COVID, I will say this: if people wonder where I stand, to me, this whole issue of COVID is about eighty percent political, twenty percent reality. Yeah. And uh, if if you want, you know, and and I pray that that this hoopla of well, you can't move a boat unless you do this or that or something else, will finally give way to. Uh, some common sense and some real scientific data, not what is politically correct, but what is the truth. And uh, sometimes truth is a hard thing to find, isn't it? It is. Unless you're looking at the Bible. But, you know, (laughs) truth has a way of of rising to the surface, and I I think maybe it is. And so uh, we have continued to hold revivals throughout COVID except for six weeks when churches were trying to readjust in the spring of 2020. Mm-hmm. But Rockstar Ministries has continued to go. We just have not been able to make it to Canada. But we've gone coast yeah. to coast here and in and, and the U.S. and done revivals, and we'll continue to do so. And yeah. uh, I hope that, uh, as Brother Conrad has already said, I hope that this has been an uplifting and encouraging podcast for our listeners today. And if it has... I pray that you will share this with your friends and co-workers in Christ. And uh, until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye. And may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain. (laughs) Amen.